Welcome to the Wisdom for Warriors podcast. Happy Veterans Day. On this episode, we had some technical difficulties. Oops. I'm joined by my buddy, Mike, a.k.a. Gravy Actual. He's doing some great things for veterans. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, got a pretty cool episode today in honor of Veterans Day. I got uh, one of my buddies on here who does some pretty cool stuff. Um, we'll go ahead and let him talk about that. Uh, so, Mike, go ahead and introduce yourself, and we'll get into it. Hey, how's it going? Um, Mike DeGrave here. I had the honor of meeting Paul um, on the mats and in training. Um, I guess what really brought me here, I'm, I'm an Army veteran. I served with the 82nd Airborne from 03 to 06. Uh, did a couple tours overseas with them. Um, did a, before that, I kind of was in JROTC. I was the, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I used to make fun of myself or we got made fun of a lot, but we were the guys walking around in, in uniform in high school. And I knew I always wanted to be in the military. And so that was an easy path through high school and brought me to the, to the army as an infantryman and uh, yeah, so that was the beginning of growing up <laughs> the hard way. Yeah, that uh, I can definitely relate to that. Um, so when did you join the Army? Um, in 2003. Okay. I kind of say I joined before that, you know, four years before that when I did that JROTC because that was – Basically, my life, I knew that I wanted to do the infantry thing and, you know, be a paratrooper, you know, when I got into high school and, and met them. And so that was literally my career path. Uh, there was no other there was no plan B. Uh, so that was that was it for me. Yeah, I was uh, I was similar. Um, I knew I wanted to be I went a little different route, but I wanted to be uh, an MP. I, I wanted to do the whole airborne thing too, but they sent me somewhere else. But I'm not here to talk about everything me. happens for a reason, though. That's the that's the key. That's it. So, <laughs> what did you do, uh, basic at? Uh, Benning. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. That's we all know. All y'all know. Oh yeah. Home of the infantry. And, and where were you stationed? Fort Bragg. Fort Bragg. So I was there for a few years, uh, like I said, deployed a couple times. So I didn't get to do much there. We it was either, you know, tr training for the for uh, the upcoming deployments. We had uh, one deployment sort of thrown at us. It was like a rapid kind of mission, which was pretty cool. But I think one of the coolest things I did there is we actually we called it a deployment, but we deployed to uh, West Point. And we actually trained the cadets there at West Point and lived up there for a little while and got to go to New York City. And so that was actually a, one of the fonder memories of, of my service. Born in the West Point. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you, were you Iraq or Afghanistan? Iraq. Okay. okay. So, yeah, I didn't have to go out there. Not too upset about it. I was... Like, I, I wanted to deploy, you know, when I went in, but I'm like, I don't want to go to Iraq. I don't like sweating like that. I don't want to do that. But, uh, no, it's a whole nother – well, you really can't explain it too much. It's it's a dry heat. It's not a Florida heat or an Arkansas heat. It is some kind of devilish heat. So, yeah, I remember it vividly. Yeah. Um, I've been – listening to um, Chad Robichaud's uh, book here lately, and it's about you know, getting his interpreter out of uh, Afghanistan, and it just brings back some memories, not some not-so-good ones, and then you know, just some of the, the feelings around how he pulled out and all that. And it's, um, it's yeah, that was, that was tough, tough to watch. I never, obviously never went to Afghanistan, but... Um, you know, it's. I can't say it's very similar. I don't know if it's similar or not, but I assume the culture and, you know, especially on our side and and the guys, a lot of the, some of the soldiers that died over there were, uh, 
I think with the 82nd or, or, you know, but that was sort of an, I don't know, it, it's tough to get political and what did you think or whatever, but it was not good to say yeah. the least. It wasn't. And, you know, I, I had a, um, a buddy, no military experience or anything like that, or law enforcement for that matter. We were out to lunch um, shortly after everything went down you know, a couple of years ago. And, um, like I was telling him, like how I was upset about it, and uh, he's like, it, you know, it's part of God's plan. And I, I don't know why, when he said it, it just hit me like so. Yeah, you know, you're right. Like, it's completely out of my control. You know, I'll pray for the people that are over there, all the people that we helped, and you know, some of the great people that I worked with. But you know, there's only so much I can do. It kind of gave me, gave me a piece that I didn't, I needed in that moment. So that yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to, I mean, you can either go through life, you know, completely bummed and negative and, uh, dwell on things, or you can, you know, look to whatever it is you need to look to God or, you know, whatever it is that each individual needs and, and, but you got to get through it, you know, dwelling on something. I mean, it took me a long time to figure that part out <laughs> uh, many years, but you know, there, I always live with that, that there has, you know, there's a reason for everything and um, whatever that reason is, you know, sometimes it's tough to understand it and maybe you never will, but um, you can either be, be forward or, or, or be going backwards. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So with that said, uh, you you were in the military, in the army as an infantryman. Um, so uh, you had told me you all were called the. What did you all call each other? Yeah. So we, I, I do, I do work with veterans, obviously, and we do briefings for veterans um, who are coming into our uh, alcohol programs and uh, substance abuse programs. And I always introduce, you know, what I do and did in the military. And, you know, you'll see a, a 82nd guy come in, you know, with the patch and everything. And the Times Times Magazine did a report a long time ago who called us the most in-shape alcoholics in the world. Oh, 82nd as a whole. Yes. Well, yeah, mainly the, the infantry and, and yeah. Uh, but yeah, basically the whole unit. You know, we all partied together. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, we would. We that's the life I lived uh, for three years, minus the deployments. You know, the weekends hit; it's it's party time, and and then you got to wake up Monday and go run, you know, eighteen miles, still still being drunk or hungover from the weekend, and and we literally did it every weekend. So, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I was. Uh... <laughs> 101st and that was I mean I think I think that's just uh it's just it's just the culture you know yeah. the, the army and I, I know it's like that in the Marines I don't really know if the Navy and Air Force do <laughs> but, no. but I know you want to fit in yeah you know and it, it, that's where a lot of people drink for the first time that's where a lot of people pick up smoking or dipping yeah, I started. I I remember the day I started smoking. It was in. Uh, we were on a saw range, uh, squad automatic weapon range, and I could not qualify, so I was stressed out. And my buddy said, "Well, why don't you have a cigarette?" And I did, and it was all over from there. Yep. So yeah, you start a lot of bad habits, especially as far as the tobacco side goes. Especially when you're you're sitting around for hours upon hours not doing a dang thing no next thing you know you've, you're, <laughs> you're, you're a chain smoker um but then yeah the alcohol side of it that is a pandemic you know, like that's uh i i have a couple uh people i serve with a couple battle buddies that were um mormons you know when they joined the army and the army just completely flipped their uh yeah their world's upside down. Joined as a Mormon and left as an alcoholic. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, it was funny. My my one buddy in basic training, he was he was actually my uh, 
my battle buddy, you know, he was my bunkmate. And um, like one of the first briefings, you know, like you just got there, you're, you're still afraid of everything, you don't know what's happening. And uh, one of the first briefings, one of the drill sergeants like, cussed or something. And he was joking. He's like, has anybody got offended by me, you know, cussing? And everybody else is just stone quiet. And then you can hear, like, the, the room is so quiet, you can still hear a hand go up. Yeah. And then you just hear everybody look. And I'm like, oh, it's my bad. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get my butt whooped because of this guy. <laughs> and I was actually, by the end of it, he was cussing more than all of us. And, uh, well, yeah, I mean. They probably didn't have much freedom, and, and now they're, well, it's just, if you want to get through basic, I mean, you got to, or, or just the military in general, um, yeah, you have to, I always say you have to play the game, but um, the first time I deployed, I literally, uh, it's a funny story, I went from basic, you know, Army Infantry School straight to Fort Bragg. Well, they messed up my orders and I went to a headquarters unit. So here's a brand new private infantryman in a headquarters unit. And I lasted there for a little while and I started to really enjoy it because I'm not getting yelled at. I'm not having to do PT, you know, like it's, it's, I love it. It's a Monday through Friday job. And the the captain walks by me and looks at me, kind of walks by and double takes. And he goes, who are you? And I told him and he's like, what, what the heck are you doing here? And he's like, well, I, I hope you uh, enjoy your Christmas break. Cause when you get back, you're going to be gone. And I didn't really, I didn't think much of it. And literally the day I got back, they brought me down to the, to the line unit where the infantry guys are um, introduced me to the Sergeant major and the Sergeant major asked, uh, you know, or uh, do you have any plans on getting married anytime soon? I said, no. He's like, do you have any kids on the way? I said, no. He's like, okay, great. Uh, in three days, you're going to be on a plane to Iraq. So I hope your things are packed. And that was my, uh, that's how it happened the first time. So Jeez. it was a pretty quick rush. And, and then when I get there, of course, everyone's friends, they've already deployed together. And yeah. here I am, the new guy. So I got worked pretty bad, pretty heavily hazed. Um, but those guys are now some of my best friends. So yeah, that's, uh, it's fun. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, We have all those stories. So, um, similar, but different. Uh, we, uh, my OSA on station training was at Fort, um, Fort Lostonwood, Fort Lenwood in Missouri. So, you know, we, I leave maps actually from here. I actually enlisted here um, in Little Rock. <clears throat> so we leave maps to, or, uh, to go to the airport. And they're like, yeah, we're, we're sending we're sending you to, uh, to Fort Jackson. They're like, what? Like, no, like we're, we're all both you know, We had a couple engineers and stuff. They're like, we're supposed to go to Fort Leonardwood. They're like, no, we're sending you to Fort Jackson. So we're like, what the heck? So like, I don't even think <laughs> tell my family they just sent us to fort jackson you know and we uh we got there right like the bus pulled up at like 1201 it was like new year's day so get off the bus happy new year mother i first get off my bus (laughs) it's like oh my gosh like what did i do welcome uh, yeah but so like we're doing the whole in processing part you know in the haircut the boots all the uniforms all the stuff and uh and they're like, um, they called about 20 of us out of formation. They're like, yeah, you all aren't supposed to be here. Go form up over there. <laughs> so we um, did like a day and a half of just uh, extra duties. We didn't really do much. I got lucky. and Cutting and grass. and Hang out with somebody that was in supply and we just like folded blankets or something. Yeah. And then they sent it. They put us on a bus and sent us to Fort Leonardwood. Uh, so it kind of sucked because, I mean, I was glad to go to where I was supposed to be, but I was like, you know, I was just starting to, you know, I've been there a few days. So at that point I was starting to meet some people and get to know. Yeah, some you get people. into a rhythm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, likewise, I, uh, my one, my one buddy, Joe, uh, we met because of that you know, on, the, on the way over there and everything. And then uh, we um, were in the same company through basic, same company 
that for um I just I'm sorry, I just blanked out. Um Fort Campbell, we deployed together, and then we both got orders to Fort uh Fort Lee in Virginia, and then both got out like the same time. So I literally met him on the bus and then served <laughs> with my entire you know active group career. So it's, it's hey, really those guys things. stay your best friend. Yeah. It's weird. It's funny how like some of these relationships develop and you know, if they would have sent me straight to Leonardwood, I mean, might have never met him. Exactly. That's, I mean, and that's the funny way it works. People are put places for you <laughs> along the yeah. way, sometimes good and bad. Yep. Um, so yeah, the, <clears throat> you know, I was 18. Yeah, I was 18 when uh, I was going through all that, you know, basic training and everything. And then, of course, as soon as you get there, I got to my unit, and they had just gotten back from Afghanistan a couple months prior. So they were all, you know, raging, you know, drinking. Oh, yeah. And then we just fall right into it, you know. That whole, yeah, you have. Old enough that you're old enough to die for your country. You're old enough to have a beer. Like, you know, here you go. And it's just – that's Well, that's when – when I deployed to, I hate calling it a deployment. When we went to West Point, I wasn't 21 yet. So, um, you know, here I am in New York. I think I was like maybe 19. And, but I have my military ID. So I was using that. I maybe shouldn't admit this now, but, um, <laughs> but it was, you know, 9 11 happened and, and they just treated you like, uh, we were lucky enough to go to the, the towers and before they, you know, did all the construction. Um, they had an area for family members to go, you know, down and sort of have their own shrine and own memorial. And so they allowed us to go down there and, you know, we put some patches down and some flags and, uh, that was a huge kind of, I don't know if it was a shock or just that cemented my reason for even being in the military, you know, being able to see that and meet those some of those people and so yeah, it's it's a the military is a huge whirlwind of good and bad decisions and those things shape you you know for the rest of your life yeah i there's definitely a lot of things i wish i would have done different as far as things that could have advanced my career you know like going through school and oh yeah a little more serious um but you know, I was I was very similar. It's like, all right, it's Friday. Like, where are we drinking? <laughs> Go time. Yep. And Karaoke down at Louis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got into a little bit of trouble. Um, <clears throat> fell out in one formation, and that was I just basically got my butt smoked for about three days straight. After that. You know, it's one of those things, man, like it's accepted too much. Uh, I know yeah. I know the military as a whole, it has taken a different posture on it and they're trying to change that that view on alcohol and everything, but it's you know, when you don't have anything else to do, that's what well, it's, it's the norm. Yeah. You go to the PX, and what's literally the first thing you see when you walk into the PX? They have all the beer, the everything right there. You know, it's like, you know, it's right there in your face. There's, there's not. But the funny thing is, like, I had a guy. His his name was McBride, and um, he'd never partook in any of our activities. He would stay in his room. He would do, you know, play computer games, and we would always use him as a DD and be like man, why don't you just come out and and hang out with us? And he never, ever would. And looking back now, I'm like, dang, I should have just stayed in and played Call of Duty or whatever it was he was doing. <laughs> he, he also, I think, became like a millionaire because he just saved everything. He just he just used the military and, and did it right. But, yeah. yeah. That's one of those things where, you know, when, when, and it, like, I know, like, you know, we're, we're a little bit 
old are you? How old are you? 38. 38. So you're a little bit older than me. I'm 34. But I know like, we're not old by any means. But thinking about kids that were the age we were when we were in the military, like if we could really be like, hey, man, I know it's fun and all, but yeah, you know I sound <laughs> old AF saying this. <laughs> Don't really, do it. That's going to hurt in 20 years when yep. you're a little bit older and uh, you know, getting, getting wasted that night and jumping off a roof or whatever craziness, you know, there's always something crazy stuff. Yep. Very interesting, but, uh, well, that's kind of what I do now, I guess. Uh, I try to, you know, you, you try not to sound like that old guy, but, you know. And they won't listen. You know, I have a daughter who's 18, and and I'm like, you know, when I was your age, I was in Iraq and doing this and that and whatever, and and then you do sound old, but uh, yeah, it's it's a so, different world. So you, how, how many years did you do active? Three. Three. Okay. And then I did five years in the National Guard here in Florida. Did you do active first? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I wish I'd have done that. Did you get a fat bonus? For active? For doing active first through the guard? No. Oh, you, you were active, then went guard. Yeah, because I got oh. – I, I wanted to get out, but I didn't really want to leave the military altogether. So uh, then oh. the National Guard happened. I've got, I've got, a, I got two buddies that they were active first. Through the National Guard, they got like sixteen, eighty thousand dollars bonus. Oh yeah, I got. I wish. I think I I did get a bonus. I don't remember. Uh, Okay, so yeah, I was the same way. I did the six active, and then I was like, I don't want to, like, I want to get out and see what being a civilian's like, but I'm scared. So if I need to, I want to keep one foot in, so I can come back. Um, So I did do a three years in the guard as well. Okay, so after you got out. Still drinking and not yeah, so, so, so I did the the active duty, got out, and obviously didn't have a plan. Um, so I did the you know I was doing the National Guard thing, and I always say uh, I retained the alcohol part, but not the in shape part. So that continued heavily. Um, Still in the National Guard, so the National Guard was a cool experience, and I could have done very well with the National Guard, but I was getting out of more out of shape as you went. You still had to do the PT, and um, so I was just kind of a waste at that time. So didn't really know what I wanted to do with life, and did you know some odd jobs, and uh, just continued down that path, and and the alcohol, you know, met my wife and she and and you have to excuse me and, and anyone who's listening uh, uh, you know to this um, the alcohol basically I have PTSD and I think a TBI and all the other stuff so it destroyed my brain my short-term memory is non-existent and a lot of the stuff from back then I can't remember too much you know, dates and times and, and that kind of stuff. So um, you always remember the bad things, though. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, that's... How you try and medicate. Yeah. yeah. And I did. I, I did a lot. I was a binge drinker, so I didn't ever drink during the week because um, I wanted to work. So I would drink, you know, starting Friday night, but then I would get so drunk on that Friday night. I'd be hung over for three days or two days and the whole weekend... I can't, I can't imagine the amount of weekends that I wasted, you know, birthday parties with the kids. I have three kids and, you know, the older ones, I don't remember half of their life because, you know, because of the alcohol. I don't, I don't remember birthdays or, you know, the first walks. It's pretty terrible to, to think about, but, um, so I have to look at pictures or have people tell me. So that's something that I have to, I guess that's part of like the, the demon that's still there. Regret. I think the regret is something that's the the hardest part of it. And I also speak in the military, had a pretty big opportunity to, to go active guard. Um, 
in the National Guard. So you're basically a, a guardsman, but you're active duty, which would have been a huge, um, huge thing. So we are on drill or AT, you know, the two-week training. Well, we have a party at the end of that training, and I got drunk, fought somebody, and that opportunity went away. So, <laughs> and that was like 2010, maybe. So I was like nearing the, you know, the lowest part of my, my life. But it kept getting worse from that point. <laughs> so what? What was the the turning point? Like what? What was the rock bottom then? Um. Well, I've been Baker acted twice. Um. So that was really bad. You've been what? Baker act or um. Basically, like a I don't know what you guys yeah. call it up there. Like a, a metal hold or uh, it was a, a voluntary uh, step into like a program, like a three-day hold of uh, mental health issues. Right. Voluntary. So uh, it wasn't – it didn't neg- uh, negatively impact me too much. Right. Um, but it still didn't help me. It didn't um, put me in a position where I, I still wanted to get help, you know. So that is not the, the lowest, the lowest is, um, I've always wanted to be a cop. So it kind of brings us into what we do now. I've always wanted to be a cop. And so my wife basically said, you know, just do it, go for it. So I used the GI bill and went into our state Academy and I was at the worst shape of my life at that point. So probably 230 pounds. Um, extremely overweight, still drinking heavily. Um, so I decided to do this Academy and on the first day or the first week you take a test, I got an 80% on the test and the director, um, pulled me into his office, said, normally people who score an 80 on this test don't pass. And he looked at me and says, I don't expect you to pass. So that was really cool to hear on your first week after you just spent like $20,000 or whatever it was. Um, but fast forward, I think it was six months and it was the hardest thing I've ever been through testing. And, but I passed and graduated and, uh, was certified to be a cop. And you think that's great news? Well, it wasn't because, I have a history, like I think you said you'd been in trouble, and um, I have been. I was arrested in high school for a fight. Long story, very long, maybe another podcast. but um, So that still haunted me. So it took me uh, four years to get hired, and you only have four years to, to get hired to hold your cert. So right. ultimately I did get hired, and uh, – was still drinking at that time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was still not doing good at that time. Um, I believe so. I have to think. How old are you at this point? Um, so I think I graduated the academy 16, 17, 19, 20, around 2016. Okay. So, yeah, I, I would have been sober once I got hired. So I've been sober – I guess we're kind of going a big roundabout here, but um, I've been sober about seven years. So, but I got sober after all this happened and because none of it was a wake up then. So uh, yeah, it, 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 it brought me to the point of where I didn't want to be a cop anymore, you know, so I kind of just had to make a decision on what to do and, and then I was kind of at a crossword crossroads at that point in my life and uh, started working security at a hotel. And that kind of comes to the next chapter uh, where that turning point comes from rock bottom, I guess. So you, you didn't want to be a cop anymore. 
when you're trying to find something else, but you're doing security in the meantime. Yeah. I mean, I got sick of being denied. I got sick of, you know, them using something that happened when I was 18 against me. Um, I just got sick of the whole process. You have to get polygraphed and, you know, you pass polygraphs. You're inconclusive on a polygraph. You know, it's like, it's just, it is the, if you've never applied to a city uh, or county law enforcement agency, it is, it's one of the most terrible experiences. So I just got sick of it and uh, I gave up, you know, I, I gave up and, and did started doing a security job and uh, doing other things. And it just didn't, it didn't, you know, I was kind of at a crossroads. And then the, the other, the other security job that I had before the Academy kind of the, the uh, boss of that job, uh, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been able to get into the academy because he really pushed me to go do it. So, um, yeah, it's it was a rough road in that time period. And like I said, that was maybe eight or nine years ago when it all started. And, um, yeah, I was close to just basically giving everything up, you know. Uh, not quite suicidal, but, you know, we've I've had that. I've, I've been there, you know, a couple times. So what, what was the turning point then? So, uh, I told this story to, um, I was on another, I did a, what's that? If you don't want to talk about it. Oh no, you're good. No, I, the, it's a big, it's a big circle. So, when I saw, um, you know, Tim Kennedy is not yeah. the Tim Kennedy with you guys. Cause I know you have a Tim Kennedy, I think, but the, uh, the, uh, MMA fighter, uh, sniper guy, five eleven Tim Kennedy. Super weak. I hope he never hears that. Huh? <laughs> Super weak. Doesn't. You know, oh, yeah, he, shape. yeah. I challenged him actually to come to my jiu-jitsu school and, and, and grapple all of us. That would be amazing. But so <laughs> I, please God, don't let that happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was watching YouTube and a, a video of his came on. He was at shot show and mm-hmm. you know, I'm just watching it. And you know, it's Tim Kennedy being Tim Kennedy. And then they ask him like, you know, you do this, you're a fighter, you're a, a veteran, you know, uh, how do you do all this? You know, how do you, how does somebody, you know, like that get to where you are and, and how, what advice do you have for veterans, you know, who have PTSD and, and who struggle? Um, he, he, he simply said, get off, get off your ass and fix it. Like it was such a simple statement, like, um, but it hit me like a truck. Like sometimes those simple statements <laughs> are so profound. Sometimes it, it takes from somebody else. Yeah, that was it. Like, um, the guy asked, you know, and Tim said, well, I'm no different than anybody else. I, I, I am, you know, I do all these things. He's like, if, if, if you can't run, walk, if you can't do, you know, just do something. And so the next day I quit drinking. That was, that was about seven years ago now. Uh, so I literally, uh, cold Turkey quit drinking. I haven't, drank since and that that tim kennedy video started everything for me as far as my life changing um it's funny he owned a a shoe company called woobies and i got to meet the owner of that shoe company and uh then the thing with redcon started and i started you know basically selling supplements and it it got me to become a sponsored athlete with that company. And I've just got to meet so many awesome people and got me basically into the job I'm at now. And, um, yeah, so one video literally changed my life. Um, and I share that video with, with the veterans sometimes in the, the program we do and with people I meet on Instagram and, and I've actually spoken to Tim, you know, through email. I haven't got to meet him yet, but maybe he will yeah. come down someday. Uh, but 
when I say I owe somebody my life that I owe that I owe him, you know, that because had it not been for that video, I don't think I ever would have changed. So that was a huge, huge moment. Yeah, that's, um, I can kind of relate. I mean, I'm, I wasn't, um, going through quite that much, uh, as far as alcohol and everything, but when I separated from my ex, um, you know, I was pretty low, um, and there was a guy named, uh, Greg Plitt. You ever hear of him? Hmm. The, the last name sounds familiar. So Greg was similar. Uh, he was a, I believe he was a, a ranger, maybe a Green Beret. I don't recall. But he was also like a fitness model. Uh, you know, this was back when uh, bodybuilding was like the exercise site. Like that was all that was out there, you know? Yep. And uh, I I started his program. He had, it was called MFT 28, Military Fitness Training 28. Um, it was 28 day program and, um, same thing, very motivational movie, uh, uh, videos out there. He's like, it's like, I don't care. Like what, like, you know, you're in the gym for you. And just like, some of it was a little, a little brash, but it was, you know, that military, yeah. uh, like your ass and do something. And, uh, like his, his program and his videos, uh, motivational videos, everything really helped me too. And, um, Again, it sometimes it just takes one of those, those, you know, lack of a better word, those manly men, those those um, strong men. Yeah. To hear something from somebody like that to like, all right, I can do that. He can do that. I can do that. And and that's you know, I'm, I'm glad to have you on here because um, you know your story can help somebody else because you've been in really good shape, not good shape. You're back in good shape. You're doing great things. Um, you're helping others and all these good things. Well, I think it, it, like everyone hates on social media and it's this terrible thing, but like it, it can be used for just like anything else, good or bad. And um, just who I've met through social media alone and, and the things, you know, like, you know, the weed, the weedify program, you know, that we do, like that literally changes lives on a daily basis, yeah. you know, it, it's huge. And, and I got to meet, um, uh, God, my brain, Travis, the president of we defy. And I got to roll with him and I got to, you, you, he rolls with you guys, right? Uh, he, uh, pretty sure he was the, uh, he was there for the one we had with Chad Roadshow. Yeah. Cause I see, uh, Ryan with him a lot, but, um, yeah, I mean, you just get to like, I don't give people, uh, an excuse. Well, I don't have a gym. Okay. Well, guess what? I will get you a tool that you can use at your home called a sandbag and it's a whole gym. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Or I, I can't really afford to do jujitsu. Well, guess what? I will hook you up with somebody who will take care of that. You know, well, I don't have a car. Well, I'll pick you up, you know, like yeah. what else do you have? <laughs> You know, so that's it, man. Like, it, it's just breaking down those uh, excuses with people. You know, like, I, um, you weren't one of my post uh, students, I don't believe, but what I what I tell these guys, you know, pretty much day one, I'm like, look, you're going to be here for eight weeks. You can do a full body transformation oh. in eight weeks if you want. Yep. Instead of going out on the weekends and eating like crap and drinking and smoking and doing whatever else, you could eat right and work out. Find somebody here. There's somebody. There's butlers. Always those super fit dudes in the, in the academy that are you know, gonna go out and work out every single day. You know, guys like you, guys like me, and I challenge them. I'm like, look, you know, you can change your life. And then especially once we get into GDR and get a little bit of a smoke check, um, I'm like, hey. Like, this stuff could legitimately save your life. It, and yeah, I've kind of made it an un, uh, like an unwritten goal of mine to get at least one student 
per class to be like, hey, I, I signed up for some jujitsu, or hey, you know, I'm, I'm gonna start going to the gym, da da da. And to date, since I started that, it's been at least one. Which, if I can get at least one, I'm happy with it, you know, because I want people to be healthy. You know, if you're healthier, you're gonna be happier. Well, that's if the you're healthier. You're gonna be safer on the job too. And that's the you know like that's the point of your podcast is to have people like you who like you have to set that. And I can speak about this. Maybe I shouldn't, I don't know, whatever. Um, but when you go to an academy or you go to a GDR session or whatever, and your instructor is not in shape or your instructor, you know, comes with looking all tore up, you know, are you really going to listen to that guy? And are you really going to, now I'm not saying that, you know, there aren't some, big dudes out there who can wrestle and, and smoke me, but, um, that presence, you know, sets a tone in my opinion and in our job, especially, um, <clears throat> that culture and that, I think we really need, and you have the power to do that at the beginning of these people's, you know, life and in this profession. And it's sad that you can only get one, you know, it's like, everyone should, should be in it, you know, everyone should. And that's what, you know, I, I opened, I think a lot of eyes this past week with some of the stuff we did. Um, it, you, you can't in it, but it shouldn't matter what job you're in, even if you work at McDonald's and, but you have a family and, and you're, you're in charge of their safety and, you know, you should want to do that. And I, I forget what, what show it was or where I heard this, but, um, you don't do what you want to do. You do what you're, uh, what was it? What was the saying? It was, it, it's awesome. I'll probably have to get back to you on it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you have to set the example. I always say, be the example. Like, you know, it's, you don't have a choice. Yeah. I was actually telling uh, the class today. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't put the uniform on like you all anymore, but I have a family. And there's crazy people at Walmart every day. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I, literally. I have to protect. I have to protect myself. You know, I I stay in shape and I try and keep this this posture because you know, first level for, uh, show of force is your presence. Yep. If you look like a you know a sheep, you get cheated like a sheep. If you look like a lion. You know, find out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and people, yeah. people. I hear this like every time I meet somebody, especially like from social media, they're like, well, I expected you to be six foot and, and two twenty or something. And I'm like, you know, it, it doesn't matter if I'm two foot, it, the attitude is there, you know? Um, hey, David, David killed a, a giant with the stone. Exactly. It doesn't, what we talking about. it doesn't take much. It's all about, you know, what's in your head and, and how you, how you carry yourself and present, present yourself and in and if you're setting that ex- example for the people around you you're only going to make them better if you constantly bring negativity that's that's what's gonna negativity breeds negativity so you know, it's up to you at the end of the day it's the person that you're looking at that that makes that choice hey, say what you will about michael jackson that song man in the mirror yeah every time you hear it's it's just <laughs> yeah, but you, you, if you want to see change in your world, you gotta start with the man in the mirror. It's like the premise of that song, you know, and that's man or woman. Like right? if you need, if you want to make a change in your life, you gotta be the one to do that. I can drag you to the water, yeah, drink it. Yeah, so the the saying is, do you do what you want or do you do what's required? You you have to do like that has changed my every, every, you know, sometimes I'll fall into pits where I'm, I'm tired. I need, I, I have to motivate myself or, you know, kick myself. But when I heard that, you know, do you do what you want to do or do you do what's required and, and, I, and specifically required as a man, you know? Think about that. Like, are, did you do the right thing today? Did you, did you do what was required for yourself, for your family, for your brothers and sisters, and your fan? You know, and then go to sleep 
knowing that you did or didn't and then you know fix it fix it fix it the next day yeah you, you, you know every um <clears throat> one of the things i think that speaking on that you know, fix it the next day uh long time ago way before i got right <laughs> with a lot of things um you know every day is a new day and you can't change what happened yesterday you can't change what happened five minutes ago what you can change what you do next and if you wake up with that you know attitude uh gratitude as sometimes people say but just being thankful you know every breath that we we breathe is a blessing from god and if you wake up in the morning and thank him for all the good things you do have and then you change your outlook on things and you know you try and better yourself you're gonna see a difference if what you're doing who you're hanging out with isn't what you want to be or if you know you want to be more like tim kennedy but you're hanging out with people like i don't know like a, i was trying to think of something like, a, like, a drug like the addict. old like the old you the yeah, old me like, exactly like if you want to make those changes you want to be like those purple you, people you need to hang out with those people start acting like those people and it's it's not an easy thing because you're gonna lose friends oh yeah who, or who you thought were friends but were they really friends if they're keeping you down and in a place where you you know it's just not healthy physically mentally spiritually probably not and if and if the hope the hope for stuff like that is just like you're talking um, is to be an example. Uh, hey, <laughs> they know what time it is. Yeah, um, <clears throat> you be that example, so hopefully they will follow in your, in your tracks and better themselves. Well, you probably you probably get a lot of pushback with the way you are at, at work, and I I definitely do, and um. You, you have to make a decision, you know, do you want to be disliked, but do, you know, do you want to be disliked and, and be doing the right thing? Or do you just want to fall in, you know, with everyone else and, and, and just get along to get along and not make any ripples? A lot of people prefer that it's easier, but, um, I have no problem being disliked. Um, I just, I, and I've said it before, like, I have no problem being selfish about my sobriety. I don't care if you want to go to the bar. I'm not going to, I'm not coming with you. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. You know, um, it doesn't hurt my feelings if you don't want me to come. Cause sometimes it's weird having a guy that doesn't drink at a bar, but it doesn't matter to me anymore. You know, it's just, <clears throat> if you want to be the out of shape guy on duty who can't fit in their duty uniform, you know, I'll give you all the tools and I'll never say no to you if you want help. But, you're not going to bring that to me or, you know, the people that I care about. And yeah, they don't like that. People don't like that, but you can't, you can never say no. If they, even if you've tried to help them a hundred times, that hundred and first, no pun intended with the hundred and first time, um, could be that time that saves them. So, and that goes for fitness or sobriety or anything, you know, I don't think you should ever really give up on somebody because people didn't give up on me and and that's why i'm where i'm at now yeah and that that's a tough thing too you know if if somebody gives up on you but at the end of the day and it's really it's not an easy thing to do like i said you know, I, I have ptsd and everything too and it, it took me a long time to like get off that woe is me uh and, and really get help <laughs> Well, that's the worst thing. I, I used to be that the veteran that would be at, you know, the bar saying, Hey, you know, buy me a drink. You owe me this and that I went to war and I, it, it, that part makes me the most upset because of things that I used to say to people like, um, just terrible, terrible things. And, you know, looking back, I, I now can relate to those guys and, um, but yeah, it's just a, it's a tough road no matter what. And it, in literally it's, it never gets easier because you always hear that, uh, demon or that, that negativity or whatever it is, you hear it, you know, 
you hear it every day, go get that drink or, you know, whatever it is. And One thing, like I, I work with mostly veterans, you know, and, um, you do too, obviously. And one thing that veterans, I love you all, happy Veterans Day, everything, but I oh, yeah. you all need to hear this is being a veteran is a title you hold. That is not who you are. You, you know what I mean by that? Oh, yeah. Well, it you can go one more. It's a title that you 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 should live up to that title you know what i mean it it, it shouldn't be that you know the, the 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 alcoholic veteran is not who i am the the veteran who you know raises money and helps other people and you know that's who i am you know you don't yeah. have to be that you decide who it is right. but it doesn't define yeah. you like you said exactly you have to kind of look because I used, like I said, I used to be the same one. I had all the gun style T-shirts, not all that, but like that was that was my identity. I was a disabled veteran, or I was a veteran. You know? Yeah, that is who I was, and that's all. You know, I don't think I had stickers on my car or anything, but you know, you see these guys, and then they, I did. Live, <laughs> yeah, we live in those moments because I was there too. You live in that, like this is who I am. This yeah. is all I am. You don't know what I've been through. Yeah, you have this idea, and you isolate yourself, and that is the devil's. That's one of the devil's tools: is isolation, and you can't do that. You are a veteran. I am proud of all my veterans, all, all the veterans out there. That is not what you. That's not who you are, right? There's so much more that you can be than just a veteran. I yeah. used to be a lifeguard. I used to do. I, there's a lot of other things I used to do, but used to bees don't produce honey, right? Like you got to find you need to be, you want to be something different. Cause, and I, and one of the things with that, to add on to that too, a lot of veterans, um, they get out and then they stop. And I, I tell my wife all the time, I'm like, when I don't work out for a few days, I hurt. Like everything hurts. I had a, I had a doctor tell me when I got out, he's like, you know, looking over my x-rays and stuff and all my, uh, my medical work was like, yeah, if you, Stop working out, your body's gonna crumble. It's like, all right, copy that challenge accepted. <laughs> like, I'm gonna keep grinding, you know. And um, you just gotta that's one of those, that's another one of those stigmas, right? That oh, I'm out now, I don't have to, I don't have to work out, I don't have to run, um, all these different things. And it, it's one of those, you know, those, those stigmas that comes along with being a veteran. You get out and you're like, all right, that's it, I, I'm gonna grow my hair out. And then next thing you know, you're out of shape and you know, just wasting away. And that's that's one. It's another one of those things that, just like when we got in the military, I wish we would have had more positive guidance from our leadership. And you know, seeing list and everything about hey, yeah, drink, having a drink every once in a while is cool, but raging out is not cool. You know, same thing as like all right, when you're getting out, like look. Things are going to be different, but don't let what you've done and the fact that you're now a veteran be your identity. Yeah, right. Yep.
Yeah, and so the, the whole idea behind this is building up strong men in a weak world. And that's, you know, I, I continue to bring people on this podcast. I say people because I bring my wife on here, you know, because she, she helps build me up as a strong man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it's all about how we can build up strong men. And I, and, <clears throat> Not to just be specific and like, oh, toxic masculinity or any of that nonsense, but biblically, men are called to lead. Which once when there's a strong Christian man in a home, it's it, you can look it up. There's so many uh, statistics behind it that everything else in the family uh, um, dynamic is just runs better. And that that's where, like you're saying, a lot of things are just failing. Is is we don't have these strong men in these leadership roles. There's nothing wrong with a woman being strong, old, and everything. However, when the woman is leading, it, it starts to fall apart, and it's you can see it in all kinds of different things. I know that's gonna may come across controversial, but I read a book in the, it's called the Bible, and it says it in there. And <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a guidebook. It uh, has all the instructions in there. Um, but yeah, okay, copy. You, you you don't know what I know and what I've seen and everything. Um, but just like everything else, just like getting in shape, it's a journey, right? You're not gonna do some crunches today and have a six pack tomorrow, right? You're not gonna open the Bible today and know Jesus the way you need to tomorrow. It's a journey. Who who I was a few years ago, um, to who I am now is a completely different man, and that hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's a journey. It's a day by day journey. You know, um, I I say it all the time. I've said it on a couple episodes. I feel like now, you know, when when I hear of guys struggling, I tell them to do. They got to change a few things, right? You got to change what you're ingesting, right? If, if, if you're trying to get in better shape, change what you're eating. If you're trying to be, uh, you know, more mentally sound, change what you're, you're you're taking in, what you're watching, what you're listening to. If you're watching a lot of crap, you know, on social media, a lot of really crazy movies, um, <clears throat> porn. If you're listening to rap music, you know, some some rap music is okay, but like some of that really, you know. Nasty, derogatory, you know, uh, great. Yeah, just put some, put something. Uh, I'm telling you, man. Like, it, it, change that. Change what you listen to. What you're doing. Change what you're in, ingesting. Uh, you will start to see a change, even if you just do a little bit each day. Like, instead of, you know, listening to whatever your favorite music is on the way uh, to work, put on. You know, a, a soft sermon or something, just something to change what you're listening to or just change the genre of music. You will start to see a change. I guarantee it. And ultimately, you get in that Bible and start learning uh, the word. It, it, it's it's crazy how much it change, it'll change you. But again, same thing. You know, you want to get in better shape. Like like you were saying that Tim Kennedy said, can't run, walk. You know, if you can't do uh, push-ups, you know, straight plank, start them on your knees. Um, <clears throat> I think I lost you there, but, you know, um, uh, the, the great thing about what we're doing here, I think I lost Mike, but um, I'll go ahead and wrap it up. <clears throat> I really appreciate you coming on here, Mike. Um, it, it was a really good episode. I think uh, we can really reach some people. Um I'm going to uh, say, I'm going to uh, send out your handles on here um, and we will try and get you to get some, some followers here. He, his uh, social media for Instagram is, let's see, gravy316 underscore actual. Michael DeGrave, um, really great guy. Um, he's he's doing some great things. Please go check him out. Uh, I'm, re I'm releasing this episode tomorrow. He's got some fundraising things going on right now for veterans. 
does some really good stuff. He's got some events going on this weekend. I didn't get a chance to get him to talk about it. Technical difficulties, you know how it goes. Still uh, figuring all this stuff out. But I really appreciate you again, Mike, for coming on and telling your story. Um, I think you're coming down to help me out with some instructing here soon. Uh, so until then, brother, God bless. I'm going to go ahead and pray out this episode. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for Mike and having him on this episode and telling his story. And I know that um, with his story, he'll be able to reach others and he'll be able to uh, expand your kingdom. Uh, Lord, I pray for all those that are listening. Uh, they can hopefully get something out of this. And if they do get something out of this, share it with somebody because um, it, it could help them. You know, if, if it's helping you, it could probably help somebody else. Uh, Lord, I pray that... Um, <clears throat> uh, for, for peace and you know, just some, some calmness. Uh, I know there's some craziness going on in the world and uh, there's probably a lot of anxiety. And, you know, if, if that's the case, Lord, I just pray that you pour into them and give them, give them some comfort, give them some relief. Uh, Lord, we, we, um, we love you and uh, pray for uh, this weekend for all the veterans. Lord, uh, pray that they're all safe. And if they can hear this, they can uh, get the help they need. If they need it, they can reach out. And there's somebody there that'll listen. Somebody there that can help them. Lord, I pray I'll listen to your name. Amen. All right, y'all. Till next time. God bless.